Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When I healed my relationship with my father six years ago, mm. it, it, it was like the weight of the world dropped off me. And, that, and in actual fact, two things happened. I said to my dad, all I've ever wanted was for you to say that you loved me. Mm. Do you know what I said? All I've ever wanted was for you to say that you loved me. Mm. Mind blown. Because it made me fully realise that there were two people in this story. Mm. That I was feeding in my story, Mm. but not not even stopping to listen to his. Mm. Ngā mihi o te wai e te whānau, Peter here. In this episode of Paperback Gorillas, I'm sitting down with Māori mindfulness superhero Jace Te Patu. Uh, we talk mental health or hauora hiningaro, mindfulness, decision making, emotional maturity, and of course we get down into some of Jace's journey uh, and how he got to this position in life where he is thriving and loving the time that he's here on earth. Jace is the founder of a kopapa called M3 Mindfulness for Children. Uh, we'll get into what that kopapa is, and we'll also talk about how he channeled early pain and suffering uh, into a positive outcome and reaching this place in life where he's able to thrive and also able to afi and support others to do the same. Uh, we talk about crying and how, as men especially, we're so conditioned to hide that or to just not do it. I hope the court it all means as much to you as it did to me, um, and I hope you find some value in it. Kia ora. That's the cool thing about being a Māori artist. To show me that that was possible. Uncle Sam voice. Kia ora bro, kia ora i te whānau uh, also. Um, uh, no mai haere mai ki te Paperback Gorillas, the podcast for mana enhancing kōrero that we think is worth our time sharing and your time hearing uh, called Peter Barrett Toku Ingoa uh, and I will pass the rako now to the bro in front of me, Jace, to uh, introduce yourself. Ko whai, tēnā koutou i te iwi, mana wa mai, mai e te mātahi o te tau hou, happy Māori New Year to everyone out there. Ko wai tēnei, he uri tēnei no Ngāti Apa, no Ngāti Tuwharitua hoki, ko Jace Te Patu Tāko Ingoa. What a pleasure and an honour to be here speaking with you, brother. We've already delved into some deep quarter oh, hey, already. Kia ora, <laughs> What is M3? Is yeah, that's the part time. Sure. M3 is three aspects. It's Māori stories. Our Māori stories have some really beautiful themes that are universal, really, that transcend race, that transcend colour, that transcends money or uh, economic status. Mm. Uh, an example is the story right now of Matariki, mm. the nine stars of Matariki and how they come once a year to gain knowledge from Papatua Nuku so that uh, they can take care of her mm. and that that story of guardianship of taking care of not just Papa Tuanuku but of ourselves and mm. each other is universal like this recent COVID <laughs> pandemic has I hope my wish is that it's woken us up 
definitely to take better care of Papa Tuanuku. Mm. How beautiful to see all those during lockdown. I remember seeing online all of those photos of finally Mother Earth being able to breathe <laughs> because we gave her some stillness so that she could fully take care of... Well, we were able to... That was our way of taking care of her. Mm. Isn't it ironic? I was thinking about this the other day that COVID took away our breath, mm. took away our respiratory system, isn't it ironic that through COVID we were giving stillness to Papa Tuanuku so she could breathe again mm. whilst we were experiencing our breath being taken away by the uh, pandemic. And, you know, that the, that story of Kaitiakitanga with Matariki is beautiful. It's mm. a way for us to, yes, celebrate a new year, to acknowledge all of our tupuna of past, to celebrates all of the learnings from the last year to be present in this moment so we can forge our way forward to a brighter future and I'm certainly excited about what's in store for the next new year that's Mm. for sure but yeah Maori stories is the first M of M3 the second is movement so we use mindful slow movement to teach our tamariki and rangatahi the story so it's somatized into their body Children, especially younger children, find that they can remember a story because they're moving their body to mm-hmm. it. Like if they're standing in a wide stance, like in an almost haka stance, pretending that they're Maui and his brother's slowing the sun down, tamanui In and of itself, they're moving their body, so that's the work of the tinana. In and of itself, they're focusing their mind and... Uh, calming their emotions so that they can do that mahi. Mm. So that's way to win hiningaro. And when they're doing it in a class situation, there's the whānau aspect of te whare is all of that mahi's been covered off there. So it's the second M, movement. The third M is mindfulness, which to me is really the heart of this mm. program. It's allowing our children to be really present. Because the mind is cheeky and then it wants to take us back to the past. Mm. We were just talking about that before. Or project into the future. In the past, at extremes, it causes depression. Mm. If we hang out in the past and what we should have, could have, would have done. And in the future, at extremes, it can lead to anxiety because you're so anxious about something that hasn't even happened, but you give it a lot of energy Mm. and it causes nervousness, anxiety. What about if our children and our rangatahi were able to learn how to be more present? Mm. In this moment here, there's that sense of enoughness. I'm enough. I have enough. But hipukinga tērā means, you know, that's that's a real skill mm. to be present. So, yeah, Māori stories, movement and mindfulness, that's M3. Mm. Choice, Kilda. Um <clears throat> And so uh, we, um, I think I messaged you uh, during lockdown uh, when we came across the, the YouTube uh, M3 series and, and I had, um, uh, you know, we had our daughter Huhana and our son Kahu at home for lockdown and so we were doing them uh, each morning doing the, the M3 mindfulness videos and they were choice. Like it's, uh, uh, I loved personally that um, that connection back to the back to Te Ao Māori and the you know going through those stories and uh, kind of Huhana getting exposed to those stories uh, while 
you know, starting off the day with a with some movement, you know, like I said, the thing on it, and then the mindfulness element of it. We've tried uh, meditation, you know, kids' meditation with her, and kind of went through this thing of, I think, probably three and four, age three and four, she was pretty good at it. She'd sit down for the, you know, one minute, two minutes and, and do it. But now at five, she's um, she doesn't want to sit down for, for one minute at all uh, to, to do, um, to practice meditation. And I've done meditation for probably about six years or something uh, each morning. So I know that that, you know, all that, that, that cordial that you were just giving around the being present in the moment and that... Um, uh, potentially stopping you from getting to that anxiety of thinking about the future, whether it's a tomorrow thing or it's a five-year thing or a one-year thing, um, as well as the past, right? So stopping yourself from kind of dwelling in those things that have happened that you can't change and focusing on, on the now and the moment, which you can change, right? Like out of all of those those three moments, like now is the thing that you can have an impact on. Um, so it's the only thing we have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> So yeah, firstly, bro, Kelda for for putting those uh, those tonga together because that that was definitely uh, um, something that we got a lot of value from over lockdown, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing the you know where where it goes next. Uh, and we kind of before we started recording, we were having that call it all about the the I guess part of your mahi being bringing people into that uh, context for the first time, right? Like, let's look at those. Uh, Definitely, the mindfulness piece I would imagine would be the thing that would be the, the of those three M's, the one that you know people who need it because kind of everyone needs it as far <laughs> from what I can tell. Uh, but it's still not that well understood, right? Like the the movement thing, we know that you know physically you need to exercise. I mean, I think me and you actually had this quarter um, over lunch a while ago. You know, like we you know how 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 many times you should work out at the gym, how much exercise you should get, but. Like if someone asks you, what are you meant to do for your mental health? Like how are you meant to practice your um, maintenance of mental health? You'll probably get some blank stares. You mm. might get some, oh, well, you know, I meditate. Or, you know, I know what I'm doing to to address that. Um, but a lot of the time you won't. So what's, um, yeah, can you tell us about how that how that goes for you when you're bringing in people for the first time into that context to like, let's look at your mindfulness and, and how your brain is working and where you're putting your focus uh, intentionally uh, when they haven't done it before. Mm. It's getting better, but I would say that there's a stigma kind of surrounding the words mindfulness. Mm. Mindfulness, one of my favourite definitions by John Kabat-Zinn, who's kind of like the pioneer of mindfulness in modern day times. Mm. Mindfulness, his definition is a non-judgmental attention mm-hmm. on the present moment. <clears throat> and lots of wisdom teachings, particularly Buddhism, which has a which in and of itself is a mindfulness practice. Mm. Mindful breathing, uh, mindful walking meditation are just a couple of ways that it's practiced within Zen mm. Buddhism, which is one of the lineages that I've practiced and had an amazing interest with and mm. read lots of Thich Nhat Hanh's books around it. I've just kind of delved fully into that into that spiritual aspect of it but you needn't go that deep mm. going back to that definition mindfulness really is just being present mm. and that non-judgmental aspect I really love about it so when I break that down when I'm coming into an environment uh, I'll use an example actually a couple of weeks ago and I've been there three times I was just at the Green Party Green Party is about to go into election with the mm. rest of the parties, political parties. They've had me three times 
during lockdown once, before lockdown and post-lockdown, mm-hmm. about to really ramp up their, uh, their political kind of run-up to election time, had me in there to speak about well-being, in particular mindfulness. And the first session I had with them, I said, who here thinks that mindfulness means you sit in a cave holding your hands like this <laughs> with robes on, incense burning, going, on, you know, mm-hmm. like... And I would say probably 60% of them put their hands up. <laughs> and then I gave them that definition, they were like, oh, okay. And without even telling them what I was doing, I got them to put their feet on the ground and just for one minute, bro, one minute we breathed. Mm. I just got them to focus on their breath in and their breath out. And that's it. Without making it, mm. you know, like super intense or big mm. breaths. And it was just like focusing normally. We'd done a check-in before and then we did a check-in straight after that one minute of mindful breathing. Mm. <clears throat> and I asked them, how do you feel now? And I would say nine out of ten, ninety percent of them said, I feel calmer, I feel mm. more tau. Mm. I feel more settled, I feel more uh, present. Mm. I said, well, you've just practiced mindfulness. You, don't, you weren't wearing a robe, you mm. weren't in a cave, you didn't have to go somewhere. You were just simply focusing on your breath. Mm. And the breath is the perfect anchor for, for us to come back here into this moment. Mm. And so I suppose that's, to answer your question, that, that's my way of getting, is to break it down and make it simple. Mm. Which is why I love teaching children mindfulness, because they get it, they get mm. it. We use the technique tahirua toru ha, so we, we get to count to three as we breathe in, and the word ha means breath in Māori, mm. so it's onomatopoeic in mm. that way. And you know, when you at the end of the day, when you go ha, you, you sigh out, is like you're breathing your day away. Mm. Well, isn't that awesome that we get to... And Māori have that word that actually means oh, letting go. So every time you breathe out with a ha, children, through my mindfulness program, there's that sense of letting go. And when we let go of all of the noise that surrounds us in our life, what's left is our natural state of being, mm-hmm. which is present, which is content, which is... Yeah, that's the word, is content, mm. neither wanting more or less. Mm. You're just okay because you're in the present moment, mm. which manifests itself physically as peace, as mm. calm, as stillness. And who doesn't want to be there in the stressful world? Mm. You know, the Green Party, after one minute, were like, oh, oh. Give me some of that. <laughs> I'm like, well, I didn't give you that. You did. You just breathed, man. You stopped. You put your tools down for one minute because I told you and you breathed. Imagine if you did that, you and I know because we have a daily meditation practice. Imagine if you did that for five minutes. What kind of positive impact is that going to have on the rest of your day? And I'm pleased to say follow-up to that is that some of that of those party members are now doing a mindful breathing we don't even call it meditation because that also has a stigma Mm. they do mindful breathing like sometimes 10 minutes a day how cool Mm. 
And there's other ways that they've uh, integrated that into their day, like some do mindful walking. They go out mm-hmm. and they have a meeting outside. Now, you know, instead of a meeting like face-to-face mm-hmm. in a room, they'll go out and have a meeting outside. So they're getting tinana, they're getting mm-hmm. some exercise, they're getting something for their wairua to uplift their spirits and their mind is not stuck in the screen doing mm-hmm. this. So, you know, they're taking better care of themselves now and that's, that's a positive choice. Any other parties uh, getting getting some of that benefit as well? Not the national party. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a political podcast. No, it's not. Uh, and it's just, nothing yeah. against the national party. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's you know, that's I don't know. I want I want leaders for, for my country who understand how their how their mind works and understand how they can use it as best uh, as they can, right? Like because that is literally what they're using. That's their that is their, their tool when they're there um, and even just from a purely functional point of view right like keep your tools sharp and make sure you understand how to use them I feel like Ten. we've spent a not we a lot of humans have spent a lot of time not understanding how to use that one constant that we all have and that one tool that we all have and have always had you know being our being our mind um, the like on that, that thing that you mentioned around who doesn't want to be calm like I remember a workshop that uh, that I went to where the the wahine leading it kind of talked about your can't like uh, the feeling that you get or when you're trying to calm yourself down if you don't have a reference point uh, it's really hard to do right and one of the one of those benefits of daily a daily practice of mindfulness um, is that you understand that reference point and you have that reference point uh, at the you know whenever you need it it's right there because you just experienced it so you know what it feels like to be calm so when you need to get back there it's easier to do the more you practice it and the more you turn it into that skill like you said and that's that's it I really love how uh, I think it was Tony Robbins has this simple equation of practice creates oh repetition creates a practice practice creates a habit and a habit turns into a lifestyle meaning mm-hmm. that this this mahi this work will only become part of muscle memory if you practice it mm-hmm. You, you can't expect to be a master of your mind mm. if you're not practicing, mm. do you see? I'm interested, and I use this quite a lot when I speak, is uh, we spend two minutes, hopefully, a day on our dental health. Mm. Imagine if we were to spend that amount of time on our mental health. Mm. And, you know, I'm not here to say you must meditate. That's just my preferred way. Mm. If your preferred way, for example, my partner gardens, mm. when I watch my partner in the garden he's the most present and the most mindful mm. and meticulous with you know like a, a, how where the seeds are planted in mm. order for them to not be crowded when they grow and flourish like that level of slow presence mm. mindfulness and at peace so it's I would offer to people to find your way of finding mm. quiet mind, find your way of, of yes, peaceful mind. That might be a simple walk along the waterfront mm. in Wellington on a on a nice day, or on you know whatever nice that day. is, or get it yeah yeah on that one <laughs> nice day yeah, or uh, getting out in nature. Mm. Like I, what I went to Queenstown a couple of weeks ago skiing holiday, and people asked, oh, what's the most amazing? But I can tell you, the most amazing 
part for me was I was on this um, chairlift going to the top of um, Coronet Peak by myself. Mm. The majesty of the view as I went up the hill, the coldness keeping me fresh and alive mm. and awake and present, and my breath actually seeing it come out of my mm. mouth made me really realise how small I am compared mm. to the rest of the majesty of that mountain and of the surrounding mm. area. And, and super humble and grateful. Because there are people suffering around the world mm. right now, you know, with COVID. And mm. here I am, super lucky to be enjoying my country, going up a ski lift about to ski down it. Mm. Oh. Yeah, I love that. Um, the, the, it's one of the easiest ways to get perspective, right, to, to get outside. And you look, especially around here, like we're lucky in, in Aotearoa as a whole, you know, to see the, the, the our maunga and our, and our moana and see the... the the expanse of that stuff, right, and and like you just said, rem- remembering how how little we are compared to all of that, and then you can put your problems into that, right? Too, right? Like, oh, cool. So here's this thing that you know is eating me up alive, uh, and it feels like it's the most important thing in the world, but like, yeah, doesn't matter. Oh, here's, you know, I... this, it's huge. The world is huge. It's yes. not, the world doesn't care about this thing right now. Yes. Um, and I also want to get like the, that analogy about um, brushing your teeth that you mentioned. Um, and extrapolate that out, right? Like we use our, we use, you know, like you said, hopefully two minutes a day on our teeth. We only use our teeth, you know, depending on what you're doing. If you're intermittent fasting, it's fine. You only do eight <laughs> hours, but, you know, eight, yes. maybe eight hours a day, maybe three <laughs> meals a day, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we're using our our minds all day, right? But uh, but we don't have that yet culturally embedded. Like let's put in the practice of of making sure our mind is not clean, but it's ready to, you know. <laughs> I won't go further with that thought of not clean, but you know, like you don't, you don't need to. You just need to make sure that your mind is ready to be used well. But we don't do it intentionally. Enough. You got it. You got it. And yeah, isn't isn't that interesting? That's what has activated me to be, mm. to create this mindfulness program. Because if if I if I know if I had the tools that I have now as a self aware mm. adult, having practiced what I practice and sharing what I share when I was young mm. and let's go further and say if our children have these tools from a young age to be able to um, I want to, actually this is a good time to speak about it and meditation is not a way to stop your problems from happening mm. it's a way to manage your dealing mm. your response to said mm. problems does that make right. sense? Yeah, yeah. and when you're present, you are able to make a wiser decision, mm. more informed decision, more though decision around mm. how you're going to respond to said problem. Does that make I, more sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So an example I will use is at a school where I've been teaching mindfulness to and a child who was a bully was doing M3 and learned how to breathe, which is really at the end of it, if there was anything that I would want our children to take away, it would be to know that your breath is the thing that's super powerful and can Mm. transform you in a moment. It brings you back to the moment, Mm. which we discussed, but it also can have that calming effect. When you're calm, you can make a wise, Mm. informed choice about how to respond. So he was practicing M3 and uh, his principal said to me, Whoa, Jace, you don't know because he was physically a big boy, mm. some warm boy, and he he 
over the course of doing M3 through, I think, two terms, went from being the bully to the sheriff of the bullies, mm. meaning that the breath allowed him to, when he was angry or got ho-ho with someone or something, was the thing that he knew that he could use to calm himself down. So he's mm. managing himself, sure. self-regulating. And so, therefore, whenever he got angry, instead of, like, lashing out at someone else or a wall or something, mm. he was able to make a wiser decision and use his his physical prowess for mm. to be a leader mm. rather than a bully. Choice. And how choice is that? Right, that awesome. Something so simple as your breath can have that mm. profound effect. Yeah. So imagine if our kids' messages, imagine if our kids could learn these things that I'm still trying to master <laughs> from a young age and it carried them through their life. Mm. We've talked a lot about mindfulness, as we should, uh, and, you know, I, I could keep talking about it all day. Uh, but I also want to talk, we, we started off our, our corridor um, about getting to the position or getting to the point uh, or even just getting on the path of doing mahi that you love and, and mahi that you feel driven by, uh, you know, that, that has a, a purpose for you. So can you tell us about how you, how you kind of got to this point uh, of being on that path uh, of doing the mahi that you love? Thank you. Yeah, I want to acknowledge that right now in my life I feel truly blessed and mm. grateful to be doing what I do. I feel like it's taken me, I'm 46 now, 46 years to really, really, truly find my pathway, mm. my purpose. I had this thing yesterday... I'm quoting all these other people, but I do have my own ideas. It just really, it really resonated with me. And she said, your why should make you cry. Mm. And when I think about uh, sharing these tools with our tamariki and our rangatahi, it does, it makes me mm. emotional because I, if, there was a, if there was a why, why do I do this? It's to end suffering mm. or to help people with their suffering, mm. to be able to navigate their way through their mm. problems and it does make me cry and I've been working in the health and wellbeing industry for this year 28 years now so when I I remember teaching my first aerobics class when I was in the first 15 at school mm. and then since then it's kind of like transformed from teaching aerobics and dance to teaching yoga and meditation and now mindfulness mm. so it's kind of evolved mm. It's taken me many years, 28 years, to get to where I am now. Mm. But I sit here humbly going far out. This, I was always on the pathway of helping. Mm. I, was, I loved helping others. I loved, uh, probably the best words rather than helping is uplifting mm. and empowering others with tools to be able to be the best version of themselves, mm. really. Mm. And... Uh, how did I get here? Yeah, 28 years of trial and error, mm. making mistakes, mm. going... I Like, for example, when I was teaching aerobics and I was working for Les Mills, I remember being overseas and feeling really lonely when my mates were going, oh, my God, you get to work overseas and teach instructors around the world. What an awesome rock star life. 
I couldn't have been more unhappy and more lonely. Mm. And and truly, I would say, because I was unhappy and lonely inside me. Mm. So you can change all your circumstances mm. outside of you, but if in, within you and your heart right. you are not fulfilled, then then it doesn't matter where you are in the world. You can be the most beautiful mm. on the most beautiful uh, tropical islands, but if you're still not good up there or in here, mm. it's for nothing. So I suppose since evolving into this I've also come into my comfortable in my own skin mm. I'm less concerned with what other people think mm. of me which has actually given me more space to think bigger mm. I remember being really influenced by what people thought mm-hmm. which actually put a lid on my dreams mm. whereas now I don't and so if if someone says to me, "Oh, you're not going to be able to do that," I'm like, "Well, kayakui, mm. that's yours. You, oh, you, you have that mm. back, because I reckon I can do that." Mm. M3 is an example of this. I remember someone telling me, "Oh, don't be stupid. Don't start a mindfulness program for children." <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't think of voice advice? Yeah. <laughs> Here I am, two and a half years later, about to <laughs> collaborate with a company in the US that's in twenty countries around mm. the world and. You know, yeah, it's just been a. It's, I've evolved into where I've got to mm. my really true purpose now. And on top of that, I really feel like I'm only scratching the surface. Mm. I really feel like I'm only scratching the surface of how much impact I can, I can have on our future generations mm. here in the Aotearoa. I'm fueled by that because it makes me think far out. Imagine how many children and rangatahi I can help. Mm. Yeah, Kelda. I mean, we, we've talked about that before as well, right? That um, you know, you you know when your you know your why is is you when you when you're at that point of of the problem. Right now, you need to figure out how to multiply you. Uh, <laughs> you know, how do you scale out that impact? Um, and that's a, that's a whole other quote at all, but that's, yeah, I mean, I, I see you doing that, and that's that's killed for that as well, because yeah. you know, that's how you help, I mean, literally, like we've just said, that's how you help on a whole other scale, a whole other level. Can I share what, what my plan is for yeah, that? Yeah, please. So I'm not in a, right now I'm in early childhood and in primary schools, and I just had this, I had this, oh, bro, this dream the other day, it was mm. like reading material about Matariki, because I'm super geeky and <laughs> like to well what Matariki is one of the stories that we tell mm. right and but I wanted to just understand more and about the nine stars when mm. I learned the story back when I was younger it was seven stars mm. and, and, and I love what Rangi, um, Professor Rangi Matam mm. was um, is, is offering it's beautiful and makes sense but I was reading about the um, stars of Matariki and I was um, thinking about what's my wish well my wish is to help actually youth as well because mm. I've got early childhood I've got primary schools what about youth I came up with this idea that if what about if I taught um, my M3 in a different version more kind of mature version to uh, our rangatahi and they became the teachers of it mm. to our so the tokana taina so they go into early childhood centres you know, as part of, I've realised, and I did some um, research, as part of NCEA, mm. community service is part of mm. 
um, a paper, I think, mm-hmm. for PE. And so imagine if some of our rangatahi students were able to share this mahi, that's not only good for them, they can learn tools that are great for them, but they can also share it on to our younger generation, so mm. they're uplifting and bringing that, that mahi forward through sure the generations. Is. That was yeah, right, um, that's cool. That's, that's, <laughs> I don't know, I Got to make that happen now. Yeah, cool. It's on. It's on record now. Um, Damn it! <laughs> Means I have to do it now. But it's interesting that um, you know what, what you said around the trying and evolving. Um, like I was having a call all last night around um, yeah, how I about my own feelings of um, contentment and and uh, being. Uh, aligned with a purpose that you know makes me cry and my why makes me cry and and we talked about exactly the same thing like I've I do that a bunch of different ways and I've done that a bunch of different ways and all of those have been trial and error to find the 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 mahi that I love doing on a day-to-day right like I know what I want to achieve as as in the the problem that I want to address um and how I do that has changed a lot over the years uh, as I try different things and go, yeah, this is, I love doing this one here, I'm going to keep doing that. You know, I'm loving doing these these podcasts and having these all, so I'm going to keep doing that, you know. There's a bunch of other things that I've tried where I've gone like, oh, nah, like, that's still, I think if I kept doing that, it would still move me towards that outcome of, you know, trying to help um you know, our, especially our whānau in, in low social economic situations who have challenges that they can't overcome on their own, yes. I would get to that point but I'm not loving the mahi so and one of my other things um, you know ever since my uh, car accident that I had uh, is that I know I need to proactively love every day that I can so that's where that, that sure. need for me to do that mahi comes in so um, yeah it's just like and, and one of the, the, the parts one of the questions that someone asked me last night was you know how do you find the, the problem and how do you find the mahi that you, that you love doing and I was kind of like I mean the problem is easy there seems to problems out there right hundreds of problems millions of problems that as a as a community and as a race we should all be trying to, to jump into and help out on um, but in terms of the, the mahi and how you address that problem like you kind of do just have to try I, I think I don't think anyone is born going you know I really want to do this um, and you've done a bunch of a bunch of stuff right like that uh, you know you touched briefly on that evolution what that evolution looked like um, you know in in 30 seconds can you can you can you talk us through a couple of the the key roles that you have uh, or portai that you've worn over it's over what it feels like years. like different hats <laughs> yeah. I remember getting to my 40th birthday six years ago my friend coming over from New Zealand to Australia when I was living there mm. saying what are you good at now? <laughs> and I actually got hohai at first. I was like, oh, what do you mean? Because it yeah. may have... And she she just explained, I'm like, oh, it's like whatever you do, yeah. you're going to be great at. Yeah. So I understand that what you just said around. If you had to keep going down that, mm. that pathway where you perhaps weren't loving it, you mm. probably would have got to your end goal in the end. But maybe that, that love aspect would have mm. been missing along the way. So I truly feel like I would have ended up at this place where I am now. But in 30 seconds, I've yeah, like I said, 28 years of I've I've been in the health and wellbeing industry in some way, shape, or form. Teaching mm. started off as a Liz Mills teacher, became a presenter, and then a trainer. So I've trained teachers all around the world mm. in their dance-based program. I was a choreographer there, so I've kind of had that dancing aspect was a performer. That's what took me to Australia. So I kind of stepped off the teaching train and went into the performing realm and was in musicals like um, Miss Saigon and Jersey Boys and the last one was Lion King in Australia. Mm. So did a 
toured around Australia with that mahi. Oh, but 17 years ago, I, I did um, my first yoga class and I really loved it. First for the physical aspect, but then it really sent me down a pathway of my own spiritual growth. Mm. That's been happening more and more and more and more. So five years ago, I came home and, op- and opened my yoga studio, Afi Yoga, mm. uh, which is kind of where, that, where the mindfulness program was born mindfulness program was two and a half years ago and I, that's where I'm probably going to head is mm. step away from the studio and next year go full time into um, working with our children and our rangatahi mm. like I said I feel that's where but along the way I've similar to you I've always been very careful around do I love this I ask myself do I love this mm. what's helped me more recently is a gratitude practice so every morning I wake up I do 10 minutes or 12 minutes or sometimes during lockdown I needed 40 minutes mm. of meditation and then a, a, a gratitude practice so I'm acknowledging in the moment what it is that I'm grateful for mm. which sets me in the positive mindset to be able to love my life mm. rather than look for the things that are deficit or that that need to improve. I mean, like I'm always improving, but but also fully acknowledge the things that I'm grateful for. Mm. As simple as the sun shining mm. today, or the sun shining on my face as I meditated. You know, or uh, our chickens giving us eggs mm. not during winter, but you know, no, like simple mm. things like that. Or that I got to eat kai from our garden mm. during lockdown. Simple things. Uh, yeah, that's my evolution. But mm. like I say, I just I feel like I'm only just starting to scratch the surface mm. now. Killed it. Uh, and so that gratitude practice is that: um, Are you writing those things down? Are you you're, you're writing them down? And how yeah. many how many things do you acknowledge? So I I am. It's kind of like multifaceted. I I have my, I'm a real values person. Mm. So. I'm also driven by uh, what is this in line with my values? Mm-hmm. My values are love, are love first mm-hmm. to connect mm-hmm. and lead, mm-hmm. which kind of all go together really. Those are my three top values. So I, I, I write ten things to answer your question. Ten things that I'm grateful for. It doesn't take long. Three mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. Ten things I'm grateful for that feed into my mm-hmm. values, and I have little symbols like a heart for love. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, infinity sign for connect and uh, arrow upwards for lead uh, that I put next to my things that I'm grateful for Choice. so that I know and I look back at them when I read them when I finish my list I look back at them and go okay cool this is cool this I'm, in, I'm, I'm in line with my values and now for a word from our sponsors Paperback Gorillas is brought to you by Kapiti Island Honey, the finest honey on the. We're not really sponsored. Kapiti Island Honey is just the koha that we give to our manuhiri to say thank you for their time and their fakaro. It does, however, cost us about the equivalent of two nice meals out each month to host these podcast episodes and to get them out to you. Uh, we pay that though because we believe the kopapa is worth it, and we believe it's important enough that you hear these conversations, and so we pay it. 
If you agree and want to help out by becoming a patron and joining the Paperback Gorillas Fano, then please visit patreon.com slash paperbackgorillas. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash p-a-p-e-r-b-a-c-k-g-u-e-r-r-i-l-l-a-s. In exchange, you'll get exclusive Paperback Gorilla Fano access to content like my favorite taonga from each episode, where I take some of the gems that our manuhiri have talked about and reflect on them more and dive down into deeper detail. But most importantly, you'll be helping keep the kopapa alive and ensuring that we can get these mana-enhancing kōrero out to the people who need to hear them the most. If you'd like to help us achieve that goal with even just a couple of dollars, then please head again to patreon.com slash paperbackgorillas, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash p-a-p-e-r-b-a-c-k-g-u-e-r-r-i-l-l-a-s. Thank you and kia ora. Switching tracks a little bit, um, we've talked before and uh, and you've talked at, at TED about that point in your life uh, early on where you uh, felt some some pain and you, you went through the the um, the yeah the, the pain of your, of your father not being there or your father leaving. A lot of us go through some kind of pain and suffering, right? I mean, that's kind of almost a guarantee in, in life. There's going, sure. to be, there's going to be down. There's going to be down times. Sure. So, how did you know at an early age to address that and to channel that energy into something positive? Um, what I mean, you know, was it? Well, I won't. I won't throw him at. I didn't. No. Nah, cool. I didn't know. It was definitely a pivot point for mm. me. It really made me. Well, what it what it did elicit within me and within most of us too, I believe, at a early age, we are shaped by an event or something, whether it's small or big, uh, which creates not just one but many limiting beliefs. Mm. My when Dad left, he I shared this on my TED talk. It created the sense of not worthy. I'm not worthy for yeah. him to take me and my little brother with him when he went ahead another family somewhere else. So always my life was driven from a place of lack of I'm mm. not worthy, I'm not worthy. Got to go to the best school in New Zealand at the time and still felt not worthy because I was only one of two Māori boys mm. there. So that sense of, I won't say victim, but just less than. Mm. I would say role models mm. then, uh, which is shaped who I am now, mm. I would say, in the position that I take very seriously of being a role model and a leader. Mm. Uh, it, and one of them is my five-year-old teacher, mm. who I remember. Put, okay, she's here in Wellington now. Her name's sure Sue is. Watt, and I I see her intermittently. She's become a friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, makes me emotion because I think about how how the power of words can have such effect on people mm. and she said to me I remember her saying to me Jace you can do anything you want don't you let anyone tell you that you can't it's all I remember and it shapes me because it, uh, my brother didn't have that mm. I mean he had we had amazing upbringing from our kuru and our nan we were followed by our grandparents but I remember my brother being told that he was naughty mm. and that he was a troublemaker by his teachers and 
that's I suppose why I've ended up where I am because in some ways it's healing for me to be able to be in a school environment where I can have a positive impact in some way, shape or form and and can shape the pathway of another child mm. like Sue Watt did for me like perhaps didn't happen for my brother mm. you know when you're told that you're naughty when you're told that you're a troublemaker you're going to start living into that mm. and it'll shape your life because right. you believed it mm. whereas I was told the opposite mm. from another person and and it certainly sent my life on a different trajectory because at home we had a happy life and my mm. brother and I had a very similar life. Isn't it interesting that we mm. had the same upbringing at home but what happens at school can mm. fully send us in a different mm. direction. And uh, it's so important what we, how we speak to our children. Mm. It's so important what we put into their mind. Mm. If I can be in some way a help to ease their suffering <laughs> as they navigate their way through their lives, then um, that, that's, that's what I hope to be my legacy. <laughs> Kia ora, bro. Thank you. That's, um, yeah, uh, that was obviously emotional and... Um, and you know your why should make you cry, and that's that's a, a hearty why, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I know how we both know how dark it can get, and the result of of that darkness, right? And so, if, if like you know that part of what you can do is shine some light when uh, to stop maybe that darkness happening, or to to make it a little bit lighter for those already in that in that place. I feel like it's an obligation, right? Like, I feel like I'm enjoying my, my life. If you're not going through that, then you can help others not go through it. But unless you've been that close to it, that intimate, where you've been at the bed or at the at the tummy, then a lot of us kind of ignore it or we forget about it or we don't put in the mahi that I, I kind of feel like we should be if we are truly a society. You, um, you're right around that word obligation. It's like you're 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 obliged to... Mm. A fee, if mm. you can, uh, if you can, yeah. Aye. If you're in a position to, like, that's why I make my kawara, my mahi, personal mahi, mm. so that I am good enough. Mm. So I'm good in my own soul mm. to be able to show up mm. where is needed. Mm. If I'm not good, then there's no way. Like I was saying earlier mm. about the, the teachers, how can I be? Yeah, if I'm not putting mm. on my oxygen mask. I, I, I stayed home the last couple of days because I was feeling my wee, I'm good now but um, but I was like I, I can't go to the studio I can't speak I was supposed to speak yesterday if, if, I'm, if I'm not good mm. I don't want to show up that way that's incongruent with my values mm. I can't show up loving. I can't show up um, connecting I can't show up as a leader mm. if I'm not good in myself so I, I, I want to be a walking, talking example of the things that I'm sharing out mm. here. <clears throat> but you're right. If, if you haven't been to those places, then, you, then yeah, I'd, I, it's not that you can't you can't offer support powerfully. You still can, but 
there's not as much empathy there because you've mm. not been there. Mm. And yeah, bro, another another massive kilda ngamihi for for putting in that energy and for being comfortable enough to um, act on that emotion and, and that why and turn it into an outcome, right? Like that's um, uh, something that I'm kind of just slowly learning. Uh, Around the you know the, the emotional side, you know, being prepared to sit here and have a, and have a tangy like that's that shouldn't be a um, that shouldn't be a strange thing, right? Like, yeah. um, and I don't think you think it is, but I know that a lot a lot of us uh, brothers especially do think it is, right? Like, um, I was talking to some kids the other day about it and just um, trying to try. I tried to shape it up in a different way. I was like, you know, all these these rap tracks that you're listening to, these songs, and I went through a bunch of lyrics with them. I was like, what do you think that dude is saying? Um, you know, and he was actually saying, like, I'm a little bit scared to go into this relationship with this girl because, you know, she's hurt me before and, uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, cautious about that and I don't want to get hurt. Um, and I said, like, would you think differently about that if he had stood there and just said that? Uh, and like, yeah, 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 would feel a bit weird about that. It's like, but because it rhymes and it's in a rap, like, get the pie, right? Gangster. Like, yeah, it's gangster. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's kind of weird, isn't it's it? It's gangster that he's, he's talking about his feelings, but as soon as you talk about feelings... Exactly, yeah. Take the, turn the music off, uh, and all of a sudden that's strange, and it shouldn't be. Um, it shouldn't be. Isn't mm. that interesting? Even my partner, you know, we're in a gay relationship, mm. and he, he's like, like, even says to me sometimes, he's like, oh, are we talking about feelings? <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> Wow! Wow! Are you that conditions that, mm. that you're not going to let me talk about my feelings and hold space for you to talk about yours? Mm. Jo- he says it jokingly, but not really. Yeah. But that's yep. that's how upbringing, man. Mm. Ta- men have been ta- men mm. have been taught. Oh, my koro, suck it up. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> suck it up. Yeah. I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> Don't you cry? I'll I didn't cry until cry I was about. like, I did my teacher training when I was like thirty. Well, how old am I for? Yeah, 36. Mm. I, I hadn't cried for probably 20-something years. Mm. And then the floodgates opened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, if if I can wear my heart on my sleeve, that's one of my values is to love and to mm. connect. If I can wear my heart on my sleeve and empower other men to know that it's okay to be emotional, not necessarily cry, but mm. if, I'm get, if I can give permission to men boys to be able to express themselves freely mm. without the thought of being judged mm. that's what stopped me from crying too is that judgement is mm. what other people yeah. thought oh yeah. you're going to think I'm weak or oh, you're going to think I'm gay or mm. you're going to think I'm all these X, Y, Z that's not real nah. and we don't have a problem cracking up laughing it's literally the exact same thing Like it's opposite reaction yeah, yeah, yeah it's opposite emotion mm. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is, it's interesting, and I'm, I'm super keen to try and uh, explore that more with with some some rangatahi like those having those kōrero and, and maybe some workshops around like how do you how do you encourage these? Um, yeah, I was at this was at Bishop the Yard College. How do you mm, encourage these? I saw that. Yeah, these fellows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how do you encourage these guys to, to to talk about their emotions in whatever medium? Like I was kind of saying, like. Uh, I do it through story writing and through through writing music um, and through just having a cordial and having a cry. Like, you know, every year, like, I will cry at least once a year. Like, on the anniversary of my car crash, I have a, a tangi for Lorna who passed away. Um, 
and that's and I know I'm going to have it. Uh, you know, I don't. It, it just happens, and that's fine. Like I'm not. I don't need to hide it or be embarrassed about it. Um, and I cry when I'm writing some of these. Um, you know, I write these these letters to uh, to and Kahu to my kids and things that I think I, they should know that I'm like I, I'm thinking about this right now. You're five. You're probably not going to grasp the complexities of what I'm talking about, so I'll write it down. Um, and a bunch of those, I cry when I'm writing them. I'm like, um, but that's yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a whole that's a whole other call to call you could have. It's uh, it shouldn't be strange. It shouldn't be unusual. But like you said, like it, we've we've been conditioned to to think that that it is unusual. Um, we're getting close to to needing to wrap it up, bro. This but this has been a, a really, I think, a really useful and valuable cordial already I was going to ask the question around the, um, you know, in a parallel universe where you're not uh, walking the path that you're on now and, and, and doing mahi that you love for a purpose that you believe in but I think you've kind of already answered that I think it, it really comes down to that that role model right like you talked about uh, Mrs Watts that's you know Miss Watts um, you know, that that potentially is, is the, the, the the point that made the difference um yeah, and there were a few actually. As when I think about it, like role models, like positive role models mm. along the way, or I think about when I was steering off the wrong path. Like I've given up drinking mm. almost four years uh, sober, and and sometimes it's taken people to show me the cost mm. of my behaviour mm-hmm. when I haven't had the awareness to see it myself. Mm in order for me to make that pivot mm. so that ultimately the decision has come down to me like in that moment when she said don't ever let Miss Watt mm. at five said to me don't ever let anyone say you can't do something mm. I could have just thought oh you're kaka mm. <laughs> you know but but I chose to believe that yeah and that shaped the way that I led my life and oh, if I could go back to dad around how I dealt with dad as well is that interesting that my whole life went I felt not worthy him leaving me and my brother uh, alone um, uh, with our grandparents. So my whole life became about showing my worth. Mm. So I became excellent in the top of my field of everything that mm. I did. It instilled in me this sense of, I'll show you my worth. Mm. And in fact, I remember at uh, my secondary school, this woman saying to me, not actually to me, to her son, saying, because I won a scholarship to go to the school. Mm. He doesn't deserve to be here. It wasn't to me, it was to her son. Mm-hmm. And it fueled this fire to mm. prove to her, I'm going to do everything I can. I can't. I don't even know who she is, I don't even know if the boy is, mm. but I remember the exact details around that day. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I remember being fully triggered emotionally mm. in that moment when I was 14, but I can't remember where I parked my car sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah. Isn't that interesting that that level of emotion was elicited mm. within me and I can remember that, I can remember what I was wearing, I remember what kind of day it was in Manganui, I can remember all of those details mm. because it had that emotional charge for me. Uh, but, but so my whole life was about, going back to my 40th birthday, was proving my worth to people, mm. I was getting excellent at things. What I would say through coming into my purpose now is that, like I said earlier, I care less what other people mm. think. Is that I'm not doing things for validation, outward mm. validation. And when I, when I healed my relationship with my father six years ago, mm. it, it, it was like the weight of the world dropped off me. Mm. And, that, and in actual fact, two things happened. 
I said to my dad, all I've ever wanted was for you to say that you loved me. Mm. Do you know what I said? All I've ever wanted was for you to say that you love mm. me. Mm. Mind blown. Because yeah. it made me fully realise that there were two people in this story. Mm. That I was feeding in my story, mm. but not, not even stopping to listen to his. Mm. So that really gave me perspective. And it really made me realise that the worth that I was seeking was not from him. Mm. But me. Killed her. And if I can, going back to the children, if I can offer tools for our children to win an emotional charge like that, dad leaving or mm. someone telling you you can't do anything, comes up, that they have the tools to be able to breathe. Mm be with it and respond Mm. rather than react respond Mm. from a place of awareness rather than react from a place of not aware (laughs) Mm. because the the, the reaction is the thing that starts that whole process of I'm not enough Mm. or that that limiting belief done lots of healing today (laughs) 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 through sharing (laughs) well thank you bro that was um yeah as always super educational inspiring thought-provoking made me do a bunch of uh of, of analyzing of myself um and hopefully it's you know i'm sure there will be other listeners out there even if it's just one person who goes cool I'm going to think about that a little bit more I'm going to uh, you know I've got my oxygen mask on and I'm in a position to be able to uffy so I'm going to go and do that Um, because if that happens then this was an hour well spent for for both of us right little you know that's outside of the own our our own healing and processing so Kelda, thank you bro thank you brother for having me Kia Tefano, Peter here again. Just two more things before you go. Firstly, don't forget to hit subscribe in your podcast player app so that you know when the next episode is up. And secondly, if you think that this corridor is worth sharing, then please do so. Uh, if you're listening in your podcast player, then head over to paperbackgorillas.co.nz, click episodes, and then find the one with Jace and share it from there. The people who need to hear these corridor will only do so if they know where they are. So thank you for helping make that happen. Kia that's the cool thing about being a Māori artist. To show me that that was possible. Uncle Sam voice. I realised that the amount of time that I have, I have more hair to you.